0: town bank mortgage nmls number 512138 is an equal housing lender this podcast is for informational purposes only and now the man born with a five o'clock shadow and with the nmls number 2028201 he is a gentleman he is a scholar he is tyler crawley Welcome, everyone, to the Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley. And, man, we got some stuff to get to. (laughs) Here's what I feel so bad about because... So I was, like, all hyped for this week because i got, like, a new... I've been, like, reinvigorated. Reinvigorated. There we go. I almost said vinegar there for a second. Reinvigorated. Uh, to do this show. I've got like a newfound motivation. That's like the key to all of this is, is being motivated, and especially doing a daily show. <laughs> you really gonna not get paid for it. <laughs> See, when I was on the radio and I was getting paid, that's the motivation. Now I'm just, I'm doing this for fun. I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this for you. And yeah, there are some days where I'm like, I'm not going to do it, but I did. I did a Monday show this week. That's how motivated I was. And I'm not kidding you. On Monday, I have never seen. I mean, I was scouring the internet trying to find something that was like housing related. Some study, some report. There was there was nothing. I I, I was like, I can't even do a show. We got some we got some data from Altos, like we always do. Nothing really kind of out of the ordinary. And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to carry a show with one story. So that's why there was no show yesterday. I wanted to do one, but there's just there wasn't enough material. But here we are on Wednesday, and man, Tuesday was the gift that kept on giving. We got homebuilder confidence that we're going to be talking about here to start. Then we got the uh, CoreLogic Single Family Rent Index. Not surprising, but interesting. We're going to talk about that. And then a new report from Redfin looking at square footage. And you're not going to believe, well, you actually probably would, that now the the suburbans, the the suburbs, there we go, the suburbs is now pricier than the cities. So we're going to get to all of that here on the Wednesday edition of Markets and Mortgages. Let's start with home builder confidence. So the projections were it was going to fall. I mean, look at the state of the housing market. You got skyrocketing mortgage rates. (laughs) You have not a lot of inventory. A lot of people getting priced out because of the mortgage rates and, you know, people not sure what's going to happen with the economy. Not a great situation when it comes to buyers. And so if home builders are concerned that the buyers are not going to be there, they're not going to feel very confident. Okay. And I kind of feel bad for builders because I mean, even when things were booming, they were dealing with supply chain issues. And so, you know, home builder confidence has has been falling for quite some time and the projection was it was going to fall for the 10th straight month, that would be October. So, if you do the math, very basic math there, October is the 10th month of the year that's every month this year home builder confidence has fallen. And it fell. Yeah, it did. It it, it 100% it fell. <laughs> and it actually fell Kind of a lot more than expected. So homebuilder confidence month over month, according to the National Association of Home Builders Wells Fargo Housing Market Index. Whew, man, this is the October report. It fell eight points to 38. So it was 46 in September. It has now fallen to 38. And it was only supposed to fall two points. So it was supposed to fall to 44 and it fell to 38. Uh, Homebuilder confidence is now down 42 points from just one year ago. And once again, do some basic math. That's more than half. <laughs> so, yeah, not, not the best report with regards to the housing market. And not surprisingly, all three components that make up the index were down. Current sales conditions continues to hold the top spot They were at 45 despite a nine point drop. Sales expectations for the next six months declined 11 points to 35. And then bringing up the rear, traffic of prospective buyers fell six points to 25. I actually had to double check that, I'm like 25? Yes, 25. That is the number. So. And I mean here's how bad this report was as you know because you listen to this show the south has always been like every report that comes out like even if it's horrific the silver lining is always the south like the south is this the has been generating the optimism the silver lining the whatever you want to call it for like the last couple of months when these reports have really kind of turned well even in this report the South couldn't save it. The South region couldn't even stay in positive territory, thanks to the big drop in October. The South is now at forty-nine after a seven-point drop. Number fifty is kind of that break-even point. So now the South is even in negative territory. They, even the South can't prop it prop it up. But here's what's amazing: the Northeast is now a close second. They only fell three points. They're now at 48 to the Northeast, which has been just dismal. In a lot of other reports when it comes to builder confidence, isn't one point behind the South. That kind of surprised me. Uh, the Midwest fell three points They're at 41. And then the West, <laughs> despite all Gavin Newsom is, is doing to try and encourage building, it's maybe not enough because uh, the West fell seven points. They are now at, 34. (laughs) These numbers are just, I mean, it's so crazy that like a year ago or a little bit less than a year ago, I think like heading into uh, 2022, the end of 21 home builder confidence was in the nineties. They had never seen that before. It was just, it was crazy. And then the supply chains hit. And so even though the housing market was on fire, home builder confidence was falling because of supply chain issues. And then obviously mortgage rates and then the economy. And well, here we are. Now we're at now we're at 38. Uh, Robert Dietz, chief economist at the National Association of Home Builders, said that builder confidence will decline. Uh, This is or I should say builder confidence will decline for the first time in 11 years. That's looking at the beginning of a new year. I'll, I'll get to his quote saying, quote, This will be the first year since 2011 to see a decline for single-family starts, and given expectations for ongoing elevated interest rates due to actions by the Federal Reserve, 2023 is forecasted to see additional single-family building declines as the housing contraction continues, while some analysts have suggested that housing market is now more balanced the truth is that homeownership rate will decline in the quarters ahead as higher interest rates and ongoing elevated construction costs continue to price out a large number of prospective buyers. I would say that Robert Dietz is not at all confident. <laughs> it was like, was the home builder confidence survey like Robert Dietz confidence survey? Man, that is a that is not a great quote. I will say he is not at all confident in the housing market moving forward. Now, what he's pointing out is that, you know, I mean, people are being priced out. And that's really kind of the bottom line is that, you know, with rates close to seven, depending on what day it is, maybe over seven, uh, builders just aren't confident the buyers are out there. I mean, the demand is there with regards to the desire, I should say, the desire for home ownership is still there. Can they afford it? And that's what builders care about. It's like, yeah, people want to buy a house, but can they buy a house? And with with rates moving at the level that they have, yeah, I mean, it's causing problems with affordability, unfortunately. And so builders are not at all feeling. And it's kind of like this. It's this horrible sort of self-fulfilling prophecy where builders are like, oh, well, people won't be able to afford these homes. So they don't build. And because they're not building the supply st- you know, for the most part, diminishes because our population is growing. And that means that if you have a population growing, demand is growing, but the supply is staying constant, that actually means prices are going to go up. Now, not in right now, obviously, because you don't have as many buyers that are out there, but once rates sort of normalize and people can start buying again and they feel confident buying uh, builders are now going to be behind the eight ball (laughs) and they're going to have to start. This is how we always end up in this situation. It's kind of the uh, unfortunate reality that we've been dealing with for decades as the housing market continues to be underbuilt. And it's why Gavin Newsom in California is doing everything he can to try and get builders to build, realizing the supply is the problem. And now even New York city we talked about this on Monday. New York City is now saying, hey, developers, how are you guys doing? <laughs> Remember us? We love you guys. <laughs> please build. Please build more units. So, uh, yeah, not a great time for home builders. Even the South. Even the South. The, the beacon of hope in so many of these housing reports. The South. Um, turn to the dark side in this latest home builder confidence report. Well, let's move from one bad news to another. Well, actually this actually isn't bad news, right? This is this is good news. You know, if you're someone who can't afford to buy, so you've been priced out, you have to go rent. And rents have been skyrocketing. Well, here is some good news for you. I completely changed my tone. This is a good news. We're going to go from bad news to good news. Rent growth slowed for the fourth month in a row, this is according to CoreLogic single family rent index for the month of August. U.S. single-family home rental costs posted an 11.4% year-over-year increase in August. This is down from the 12.6% that was reported in July. This is down also from the peak in April when it was 14%. So we've been kinda on the downward slide ever since April. So there's some good news for renters out there. Now here is the, the probably the worst part of this report. So it's great news, right? That we're seeing a decline, or not a decline, but we're seeing a slowdown in rent appreciation. But this is just like a a dagger. Lower priced tiers are seeing the most appreciation, which is kind of unfortunate, right? Because that's the, you know, that's the level where people have the fewest options. So if you can't afford to buy, I mean, you definitely can't afford to buy. You're in that lower price tier. Your rent is going up the most year over year. I mean, that to me is like the, the, the sort of worst part about this is that that is where the most appreciation is happening. They're now up 12.9% year over year. That is up from 7.4% in August of 2021. So that is a significant increase. Now, meanwhile, lower middle and higher middle, they're up 12.8% and 12.3% respectively. And then this is, I mean, I don't want to say like amazing, like in a good way, cause usually it's like, it's just, this is just kind of amazing that this is happening. The higher price tier is actually reporting a year over year number that is lower than a year ago. <laughs> like So right now rents are up 10.1% year over year. In August, 2021, 10.7%. So amazingly, the highest priced tier is seeing year-over-year year appreciation that is lower than it was a year ago. Kind of bizarre, <laughs> I will say. I mean, I know things were hot at the end of last year, but I, I, I don't know. It just, it just seems sort of crazy. And I think it also gives an indicator... That usually the movements that you see in the market tend to happen in sort of like the higher price sort of luxury uh, tier, and so the fact that you're seeing the drop off and also the big jump last year, because you know last year the lower price was only at seven point four, the highest was at ten point seven, and now you're seeing kind of a reverse where the 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 higher price is the one that slowed down the most, versus the higher price which is lagging. So I think it just gives you a better idea of sort of what is happening. But here's something that's also amazing. For the first time since November 2021. So we're not exactly a year, but what is that? Ten months? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Nine months, excuse me. Nine months. Not one single city saw year-over-year appreciation above 30%. There, that's trying trying to figure out how I wanted to word that. Miami, which back in November of 2021 crossed that 30% threshold and then just continued up to, I think at one point it was over 40% year-over-year, has started to fall backwards. And in this report, after a 5.6 percentage point drop, year-over-year rent appreciation in Miami is now only at 25% man, it's it got to be rough. <laughs> it's only up 25% year over year in Miami, um, but it's been above 30% since November 2021. Just just crazy. Uh, Orlando took the number two spot at 20.8%. They were the only two cities now with rent appreciation up twenty per, or over 20%. Atlanta was at 11.7%, San Diego at 11.6%. And there was a couple other cities that are all kind of like in that 11% range, between 11.8, and, or 11.7 and 11%. So it really just goes to show you once again sort of the, the outlier that is Miami and Orlando who are still above 20% and everyone else is much closer to 10%. So rent is beginning to slow. And this is just a good indicator of what is happening with the overall housing market. Molly Bosel, Principal Economist at CoreLogic said that rents will continue to slow but will remain elevated, elevated saying quote, single family rent prices in August were 26% higher than before the onset of the pandemic, adding an average of $400 per month to tenants, monthly costs and compounding other household expenses caused by inflation. While annual rent growth is projected to continue increasing throughout the rest of 2022, those gains will likely moderate further in 2023. So basically she's pointing out, listen, Rent growth is slowing, and maybe at some point we're going to see a little bit of a pullback, but it's important to remember that rents are now up almost 30% since the pandemic started. And so even if they fall a little bit, they are still quite elevated (laughs) from where we were at the beginning of 2020. I mean, that's true across the board. I mean, even if everyone points this out, if inflation were to just stop right now, and we just saw 0% inflation. All that means is that prices aren't rising. We're stuck with the elevated prices. <laughs> so unless we saw big wage gains, we would still be paying these these prices. And that's kind of what M- M- Molly Bolsel's getting to is: you know, these prices are going to remain, you know, they're high. And it's nice to see that they're, you know, sort of moderating. But let's not forget is what's happened over these these last two years. I mean, rent prices are still up pretty significantly. And it's putting, you know, people in a situation where they can't afford to, you know, buy. So they have to rent and then rents are jumping up. And it's just it's it's not a great situation. And so when you start to see and remember this is this is what Robert Schiller famously said, right? Rents don't support values. And so when you see rents start to to sort of moderate and maybe even pull back, then you know that has to happen to home prices. And so that's why it's important to keep an eye on what's happening with the rental market because that's what Robert Schiller said in 2007 rents do not support values. You know, people are buying homes and they cannot rent them out for more than they're buying them for. That shows you that home prices are elevated. And when rents you start to see a big spread between, you know, what an average mortgage payment is and what a rent payment would be on that property, you know something's not right. Either the rents are too low or the home prices are too high. So it is important to keep an eye on what is happening with rental markets. And then real quick here before we go, there was a new report from Redfin looking at square footage, you know, price per square foot, and looking at the different regions or the different areas, uh, urban, rural, and the suburbs. And for the first time since Redfin started keeping track of this in 2018, so not a significant amount of time, But it does show what's happening with regards to moving or migration patterns. Square footage in suburban neighborhoods were up 9.5% year over year to $206 per square foot. Urban square footage was only up 3.5% year over year and is now at $205 per square foot. This is the first time that the suburbs have eclipsed urban areas. And sort of the the idea, the thinking uh, by Shirari Bakari, Redfin senior economist said, buyers are choosing space over walkability in 2022, saying, quote, urban home prices soared in 2021 as home buyers gravitated back to city centers as the pandemic waned and affluent Americans motivated by record low rates decided they wanted the best of both worlds. Homes with plenty of space, for working from home, but also close to places that were walkable, shops and restaurants. Today's buyers can't afford everything on their wish list, so many are prioritizing space over walkability. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, Also to note, uh, rural areas were up 8.4%, but are still well behind both urban and suburban areas at $180 per square foot. And then not surprising, San Francisco has seen the biggest decline of the major metro areas. 6.2% drop year over year too. What do you think it is per square foot? What do you think it is? $973. (laughs) Uh, They're probably still doing okay. (laughs) New Orleans was a close second with a 6% drop and then Philadelphia was down 3.2 and New York down 2.7. New Orleans, I think, was at, like 180 bucks. <laughs> so, I mean, San Francisco is just in a world of its own. 973 dollars—that's the average. The first square foot. Yeah, I bet, I bet it has to drop 6.2. Probably drop a little bit further for me to be able to afford a place in in San Francisco. Um, all right, we got to go, you guys enjoy your Wednesday. Obviously, a lot going on. We got um, inflation data from Europe. We got the Euro area and the UK. We also have mortgage demand and rates. Those will be out. And then we got home builder data coming out. You know, more or not home builder confidence. We just talked about that. Uh, We're talking about building permits, housing starts, housing completions, which Not surprisingly, you're not supposed to be great. So we'll talk about that on Thursday's podcast. You guys enjoy your Wednesday. We'll be back here tomorrow for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.